0: friends, I hope you are doing well and enjoying whatever it is that's coming your way, or at least learning to live with it. Such is the topic that we dive into today, learning to live with the discomfort, with the pain, finding peace, finding acceptance, slowing down, loving your body, and many other things. And that was a fantastic episode that I'm excited to share with you. But before we get into that, a few quick things coming up. Number one being that if you aren't aware yet and you live in the Toronto area, we have a fantastic functional, integrative, biohacking esque clinic over at Lawrence Park Health, 88 Eglinton Avenue West. You'll find me there Wednesdays and Fridays. And if you have any questions, if you want to do some neural feedback, if you want to do some rife, frequency treatments, or if you just need someone to help you hold yourself accountable to the nutrition and lifestyle changes that you desire to make so you can feel your best, you can perform your best, so you can show up and be symptom-free and be feeling like your vital self, then definitely reach out and we can book you in to see me and to see the space and to get connected to the team there. Okay, also, this podcast, along with most of these podcasts brought to you in part by some of the companies and products that I believe in and that help me get through my days feeling my best. Number one is Vitaging. These are medicinal mushrooms and herbal extracts, adaptogenic herbs, things like ashwagandha, things like Siberian ginseng, things like pine pollen, all of these safe, effective, and natural means to enhance our body's function and experience. So head over to vitaging.ca if you want to check those guys out. Use coupon code HARDY, H-A-R-D-Y. Save 10% off of anything and everything in your cart. And if you have any questions about any of those things, hit me up on Instagram or on uh, Facebook, but most likely Instagram, and I'll be happy to share what works for me, why I use it, and what might be beneficial in your experience or in your circumstances, I should say. Also... In line with that are the folks at NeuroHacker Collective. The fantastic nootropic product called Qualia that comes in the mind or focus and both caffeine free or caffeinated versions is a real powerhouse for turning on your brain and having the focus, memory, uh, and staying power that you want when you've got a lot going on. When you've got, you know, clients to be with or Businesses to run or relationships to, um, you know, connect to, nourish. You want to give more of yourself and more of your presence to these things. And that's where qualia comes in to really activate the body and the brain and allow you to stay with that which could otherwise be tiring or draining or hard to follow, hard to keep up with. Because in our day-to-day experience, there's so much going on. It can be very easy to get overwhelmed or to get caught off guard or push out of flow by the obstacles or challenges that may spring up. And so Qualia helps me to flow with that and to stay present and non-reactive to that. And I think it can probably do the same for you. So if that r- rings true or if that is something that interests you, definitely just go over to the website neurohacker.com links to this are in the bio, in the podcast, and on my Instagram. Go over to Neurohacker, try out their products, and you can save an extra 15% off whatever it is you're ordering with the coupon code BHARDY. That's B-H-A-R-D-Y. Okay, enough of that. My guest today is Inka Imunen, who is a beautiful soul, and a teacher, and a student, and someone who's Very dedicated to the pursuit of health and wellness and freedom from suffering. You'll hear about it in the podcast episode, but she was actually born with a high predisposition to migraine headaches. And that's something that she's dealt with for all of her life. And that's something that's given her a glimpse into many different modalities, therapies, meditative practices, personal growth tools, and pain relief tools, you know, ways to optimize the body and the brain uh, to alleviate suffering and alleviate pain. And so I'm going to leave you with that. I'm not going to talk too, too much here because we get into some of her experience and then we get into some of the best practices, tools that you can try out in your own life. If chronic pain or migraines are part of your experience. And, uh, yeah, she's a beautiful soul. Uh, she's part of the biohacker summit team. That's where I met her was last year at the biohacker summit with spark in toronto and uh, you'll hear about it in the podcast but they've got the fifth year anniversary coming up in finland and it's going to be an amazing event i hope to be there myself and if you feel the call then definitely look into that and get more details at their website and everything that we talk about is linked up in the show notes over at the blog which is brianhardy.ca forward slash inka that's i-n-k-a and until next time Enjoy this episode, share it out, share it on social media, do what you can to support. It's all so, so, so appreciated. And I'll catch you next time. Okay. So Inka, it is good to see you again and to be able to, to share some time and space. And uh, I'm really excited for what I'm sure is going to flow through this conversation. Um, and the kinds of topics that uh, we're sort of playing with and throwing around and looking to explore and looking to dive deeper into uh, things around pain, migraines, anxiety, optimal living, all these type of topics that we like to dive into on the show. Um, and just before we do dive into that, I'd love for you to give us just a, a brief sort of, you know, um, introduction to how it is you came to be doing what you're doing now, right, which is studying, which is working with the uh, the Biohacker Summit, doing some very cool things. Um, and if you could, you know, just give us a, a shortened version of um, why or how it is you came to be interested in these kinds of things.
1: Well, thank you for the question. And it's awesome to be talking to you today. And surely I can introduce myself. So uh, I'm Inka Immonen, and I work with In the health space, Uh, I work with biohacking and I study psychology with my main interest in neuroscience and biological psychology and brain and mind optimization, stress management and migraine prevention. And, you know, what led me into this space of biohacking, so basically self-experimenting with health um, interventions. Based on science, was the fact that I was born with inherited migraines and cluster headaches, and having to, you know, having to had optimize my health and trying different stuff ever since I was a child, a small child, led me into understanding or um, appreciating the the self measuring aspect of health and just trying to gain you know well-being more well-being and I started studying about mind and neuroscience because of the fact I, I think because of the fact that um, I was suffering from a condition that affected so much on my you know brain s- sort of brain health um, yeah,
0: yeah well and just to describe so I I believe I've had what could be described as a migraine maybe a handful of times, uh-huh. uh, not until high school was when it started. And so being born. So that means like, do you remember the first time you had that or was is this like pre memory stages, like infant stages? Like how did that actually manifest in your experience as a infant and a young child?
1: Well, that's an excellent question because if you are an infant, you cannot tell that you are in pain, right? But so when I was younger, when I remember that the the age that I I have my own memories. So I think from three, four onwards, I always feel like I was having. I, I can feel. I can remember the pain ever since I was a child. And when I was about, I think five my mom took me to a doctor for the first time um but also told me told the doctor told me that when I was an infant I cried a lot and I was often oh yeah w- when I was a small child I was crying a lot and I was often anxious I'm a, a bit angry but I was always an optimist happy child so but I I was um, communicating pain. So it was really obvious from early on that I had a condition, that it wasn't that I was just cranky, (laughs) but I was actually having some biological issues in my body. And it was really obvious that it was a migraine because migraine has an inherited trait of 50%. And my father has a severe migraine, severe chronic migraine, as well as my grandmother
0: Okay, so you've got it on a couple ends of the family, bringing that yeah. into, to the picture, okay.
1: Yeah, um, my my brother is not affected much, so I was then the one to inherit that. But it's more common in girls than in boys. Actually, t- three or two or three times higher rates in females than in males.
0: So, Is it clear as to why that is? Is that the neurohormone sort of effect, or something to do with the actual... Uh, physiological structural differences is there any insights there as to
1: well there are theories and speculations I, I bet there are many biological studies as well looking into this one reason must be the hormone changes um, hormonal changes especially the levels of estrogen and pro- processed, processed estrogen. <laughs> oh, hard to pronounce the word um, <laughs> Uh, Female hormones, female steroids, they are linked to increased migraines and, or the fluctuations uh, in those are linked to headaches. There, I'm not really sure. And I think there is no clear definition of why females are more affected. It's still unclear, but also females are way higher in anxiety and depression than males. Mm. About the same amount uh, like half um, twice as likely to suffer from anxiety and depression than males, so there might be a causal link to either direction basically in in, in regards of migraine as well. but it's, it's not completely clear why why this happens.
0: Very interesting, very interesting. So then as a child and as and was this in Finland at the time when you were growing up? Okay, so what sort of treatment did that doctor, you know, um, instill or use? Was it herbs? Was it massage? Was it pharmaceuticals, a combination? Like, what did you find uh, that actually gave you some relief?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question, uh, what gave me relief? Because, you know, Brian, I tried at least seven different preventive medicines before the age of 16. And about ten different painkillers, and I actually got no relief for the pain. Mm -hmm. So, at the early age, so I'm from the countryside and in from the eastern Finland, in from a small village of 1,000 people, (laughs) and there was so I went to the neurology clinic, and they normally prescribe prescribed me to current conventional medicines that they had available. Uh, but I also lived in the natural environment. And when I noticed around, you know, at the teenage that it didn't help, the, the medicine didn't help, um, only then I started researching or exploring or trying more with the natural medicine
0: And of those, again, um, you know, did anything work? Did anything click? Did you have one of those moments, like one of those aha moments where you have like clarity or relief or a certain understanding or something clicked in where you're like, oh, like this is at least one tool that I've identified that can really support me, that can be an ally for me in this journey through this pain?
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, I have one. Well, i would say within the past nine or so years i've had several moments of those and they relayed the everyday living so say previously when i was a child i always tried to blunt the be- pain i just tried to get rid of it and i thought that was the that the cure was some sort of pill or medicine that could mask the pain or prevent it
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: came from a bottle because that's how you know, diseases are treated, and migraines are treated, and many people get the relief from from preventive medicines. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they just, they just didn't work for me. And when I was around sixteen or seventeen, um, I got really frustrated. I got really anxious about trying anything new. And I promise I will come into the the tool <laughs> of the mm-hmm. inside but it's just interesting how I realized the inside, how I got that relief. Really. Um, so at that time I was so anxious. I developed a panic attack for towards the pain and I was really, really anxious and in a low, low mood in general. And I thought that I either now need to, I, I want to stop all the medication. I'm just, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm, I'm, sick and tired of trying anything new because I got so much side effects from from the medication. So that I just need to learn how to live with the pain because there are two options, learn how to live with the pain or not to live. And I was always really optimistic and full of life. So I decided I'm gonna learn how to live with the pain. So I went to psychotherapy and it was a pain-related psychotherapy. And during those couple of years at psychotherapy, I realized how much I have internal tools for living with the pain, getting relief from the pain. And I started discovering what sort of mental tools there are to treat the pain. And around that age, 10 years ago or so, I discovered mindfulness meditation. And that was one of the first ones where I realized that this is a medicine for me because I can learn how to detach myself from the pain. After that, I think I realized the importance of good nutrition, like non-toxic food, light, sleep, all these sort of natural lifestyle habits that I didn't really pay much attention when I was younger
0: as is the case for so many of us, right? I mean, we're born, right. we're born into a system and we just think, Oh, this is normal. You know, it's normal to watch TV and to stay up at certain times or to eat, you know, sugar and GMO cereal out of a box, you know, whatever the thing is that that could have been contributing to, you know, um, whether it's an inflammatory process or over excitation of, you know, the neurochemistry or whatever it is. Um, so it's always, I always love hearing when people have those shifts and start to wake up to. Oh my goodness! There's actually a lot of things that uh, that I can do, and a lot of things that are usually completely backwards um, in the sort of mainstream approach to, uh, you know, creating healthy humans or optimizing our human experience.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think so, and also the science is developing really fast and you know, the developments in the biological and brain sciences makes us increasingly more knowledgeable in the importance of lifestyle. And we are revealing the pathways or the links between gut and brain and sleep and migraines. And this all was, there was less information when, when I was a child, and obviously I didn't study science back then, so I wasn't, I didn't know how to find this information from PubMed and how, how to know how, what sort of foods to eat in order to prevent migraines. And now there is so much information online, and we can just go, go to PubMed and see how much research we can find from our, from our specific nutrients for example, in relation to our own body and biology and also our own genes. There was no gene tests when when I was I was a child and it was really hard to get, for example, measurements of certain types of vitamins in your body. You couldn't just walk into a lab and say, hey, give me vitamin B and you know coenzyme 10 And, you know, it it didn't work like that back then. But now it's so much easier to make self-experiments and test yourself and see what works for you and then see the research behind it. Or the other way around, find the research and then do the test and see if that works for you. Mm. We are less reliant, I guess, uh, from doctors as well, just prescribing us a pill. Definitely. And again, I, I, would, I just want to clarify that I'm not against any conventional medicine. I, I still try them. I still, uh, all, all the time, Google and search when there is new medicine, uh, reveal that what it does and if that could pot- potentially help me. But I think there is not enough talk uh, in general about the in- importance of lifestyle in, especially in pain prevention.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely want to go through, um, what some of those top things are, but first I would love to hear, um, more about the, uh, sort of the psychology, the mindset, uh, even the emotional journey through this and how, Uh, tuning into that, right, you started to see a psychotherapist, you started to practice mindfulness, Mm -hmm. how tuning into that level of things enabled you to, in a sense, gain, uh, gain power, gain self-mastery over that, a piece of yourself, or more familiarity, or more acceptance. I wonder if you could just expand on some of that more internal, emotional, psychological journey, and how, you know, sort of where you were at, and then path that you discovered as you dove deeper into these sorts of practices and understandings?
1: That's an excellent, excellent question. And it has been quite of a journey. I think it all starts with, with facing the fears, right? So ever since I, like, like all my childhood, I was trying to escape from the pain, I was trying to hide the pain, was trying to get rid of the pain and every time i had pain i felt that i there needs to be i need to do something to make it go away and i think it was a total shift from that mindset into okay there is this pain it's part of my biological signaling at the moment how can i make it my friend How can I still stay positive? How can I accept myself when I am in pain? And that was uh, by sitting in the floor, (laughs) breathing, and trying to make myself comfortable, as comfortable as I was able to be, with having that pain signaling in my body. And I practiced different kinds of meditation, but I do remember one really specific moment when I was about 19, 18, 19, and I was living in a town called Yuensu. And um I sat on on the floor, I was having a huge amount of pain. And i think it was middle of the night i sat in the floor and i started breathing and focusing on my breathing and i i just tried to accept whatever is going on in my body and there is this specific form of meditation called focused attention meditation where you focus on your breathing and then you shift the focus to for for example the sounds around you, then you shift your focus to um, some bodily sensations or your thoughts even. And you focus only that one spe- to that one specific thing that you choose to put your mind into. And so I did this and I tried to shift my attention from the pain from the bodily signals to the sounds. And this has shown to activate the prefrontal cortex in our brain. I didn't know back then, I, I, wasn't, I hadn't been reading about the, the brain research, but now I know that it it's, it's attention to so-called task positive network, which makes you less reactive to other stimuli. So with this tool, I started focusing my attention to different types of signals, And then what you can do is, and what I did is to extend the meditation into so-called open monitoring meditation or mindfulness meditation, where you let all these signals come and go, and you try not to pay attention to anything. And I remember sitting in the floor, and all of a sudden, when I was in the meditation, I noticed the pain reducing. And I noticed that I felt like I was almost like when you get, when you eat pain medicine, like um, some sort of ibuprofen or paracetamol, and you get that sometimes you get that just gradual decrease in the pain. I felt the same, same signal. And then I came out of the meditation and the pain increased again. And I went back to the meditation and the pain decreased again. And that was a revealing moment. I was, I was almost in shock because that almost never happens with the, with the power of the mind. And um, then I realized, or it didn't happen to me before because I was so trying to push it away previously mm. but now I started to use that as a tool as means for practice and accept the pain and that was a really significant moment for me when I realized like hey I can actually use this so ever since I've I've trained focused attention meditation mindfulness meditation and then I also later took apart uh to the meditation, added a a part to the meditation, which is loving kindness or self-compassion meditation as well. Um, So they are two different things, loving kindness meditation or self-compassion meditation to increase the positive emotions related to the pain situation. So all of these meditations, then later I I, I learned that all of this meditation has a Powerful effect, also biological effect on your brain. Um, if you if you do them gradually, so it can cause neuroplastic changes in the areas that mediate pain and link to self awareness. Um, yeah, so this is what I what I did. Um, actually, I'm I'm quite curious because I know that you also have suffered from pain. Uh, uh, in your in your previous life <laughs> or this <laughs> life, um, have you ever used meditation yourself? And have you noticed anything similar?
0: I have, I have certainly. Um, you know when the when the awareness hit me of you know what you resist persists, and that uh, through acceptance comes freedom. Right? When those mm-hmm. when those actually became embodied experiences, um, it was a very Powerfully transformative moment. Um, and I couldn't say exactly when that was, but an example um, was when, and probably the most excruciating pain. I mean, I've broken bones and done, you know, mm-hmm. things that little boys do, throwing their bodies around, you know, un, un, yeah. uh, uncareless or carelessly and just being rough on the body for sure. Um, and had, had always naturally tuned into deeper breathing not not consciously aware that I was you know trying to uh, use that as a specific tool um, but it, it it's loo- it's loosened the intensity or softened the intensity um, and the place where I most got to practice that was when I started ha- I was having small bowel obstructions uh, for scar tissue and I went to get them worked on through manual therapy and so I would. Ha- I had for five days. I had four hours straight of deep tissue massage uh, in my guts and very sensitive, tight, painful areas. And that's where I really got to practice um, yeah. these things and really just wow. very present and very much with the breath and um, and to you know to breathe into the sensation rather than to uh, retract or to um, try and protect myself right almost like turtling I, I see like a turtle pulling into a shell right uh, like trying to harden and pull back um and that it was actually softening and expanding through the breath uh was what helped the most um both on both in terms of you know the physical softness of my tissues right and, and giving into that um, and even more so i think the mental side of not resisting what was happening um, and not resisting what is. And uh, I found the more in my life I can accept what is, be it a very painful or scary in, intense experience or a really amazing experience. Um, that the more I'm able to be with that experience and really get whatever it is that the universe is offering to me through that. Um
1: Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, it sounds exactly the acceptance is so important because if we if we try to resist the pain or whatever it is that it's it's in our body we get muscle tension as well we get elevated cortisol levels we start breathing more shallow which increases all the stress hormones in our body, and that can intensify any negativity or pain that we have in our body. But when we are able to do deeper breaths and relax our parasympathetic nervous system, it can also decrease the pain sensations. And there was an interesting study in meditation and breathing techniques that, so there was people with chronic pain and they had four days of mindfulness training and breathing training. And it was shown that the, the subjective experience of the pain was reduced by 60 percentage after the, after the mindfulness training, but also the, the biological pain signals were reduced by 40% uh, measured, I think by skin conductance and some hormones, uh, stress hormones. Um, But just the fact that even if there weren't that much biological uh, reduction on the pain, the, the experience of it was more smoother. And this has been also confirmed with brain imaging studies where we use fMRI and we see that there are sort of two different pain pathways of the pain, right? One is the biological sensory component of pain the pathway and the other is the emotion that we link to it the emotional negativity so when we get rid of that emotional negativity the biological pain sensation almost becomes as noise almost or you don't put any meaning to that it's just there it's just uh, some sort of noise from your body and I feel this goes not only with pain, but with stress, with depression, with anxiety, with with fear, right?
0: Hmm. Well, everything, right? It's the story yeah. that we attach to it, the meaning that we give it, to either empower it or to disempower it, right? Or to create a more um, empowering story around it. Um, yes. And I mean, just for, I want people to really just take that in, you know, that example of the, the study there. And if if you have links to any of these, um, I would love to get some of those to link into the show notes for people. Of course. Um, yeah. And sixty—I mean, either of those numbers, sixty percent and forty percent—and we're only talking four days of you know meditating and practicing these things. So it's like mm. these tools can have such far-reaching impacts. With so little investment and so little risk, um, which is why I think that they are, you know, they're working for more and more people and they're going to become more and more a a first line of of treatment, right? A first line of dealing with these things because what better, you know, treatment or drug or whatever it is um, that has good numbers and is safe and non-toxic and, you know, free. Once you're trained, it's free. Right You can just do it anytime anywhere, and no one can stop you from breathing and meditating, so
1: yeah yeah exactly and it's it's almost like a meta skill if you if you practice meditation and mindfulness for pain or anxiety or whatever, you will automatically improve your concentration and learn how to relax your body because that's just part of the practice and there are, you know, changes in the brain structure and function in regards of of concentration, more positive emotions, and more self uh, management or self regulation. So then, in some other moments, let's say at work, you really need to focus. This practice that you have done primary, primarily for your pain becomes a tool in your work in your when you're trying to fall asleep when you need some extra motivation or concentration and in social relationships if you need to be calmer let's say if you are um in a a group of totally new people and you feel a bit nervous and you just want to relax
0: definitely definitely it's reminding me i've been listening to uh Everything is here to help you by Matt Kahn.
1: Uh huh.
0: I don't know if you're familiar with Matt Kahn, but uh, I love his teachings and his his videos. And uh, I think he was saying the more time we spend consciously breathing, the more integrated and balanced. He was referring it to masculine and feminine uh, energies, um, which it makes sense that the more balanced those become, the more balanced we as a whole become, right? Yeah. And so it's like these simple, simple things that just, they work, right? They work and you don't have to take our advice, right? People listening, you don't have to take our advice for it. Just try it, right? Honestly, yeah. give it a shot and see what happens. Uh, and usually, you know, something happens, whether it's, you know, you become a little bit more aware or you just realize, oh my God, I actually wasn't breathing nearly to my capacity. Yeah. Right. So there's so many positive side benefits to to opening up to this.
1: Exactly. And there are many other mind-body practices that are not only meditation, because I do realize that for some people, it may sound a bit, I don't know, boring or even difficult. Um, you can try HRV, so heart rate variability training, which includes more of a like, so you put a HRV belt, and you, you can use an app to see your breathing rate and you try consciously to slower your breathing and you can see changes in your HRV data or you can do yoga, all of these or, or just breathing training. So all of these techniques will essentially improve the same thing, making you more relaxed and learning how to control your body and emotions.
0: One well, it's great and it's, it's doing it you know, with some of those apps in a gamified way, right? Making it fun, making it interactive, uh, getting more of a direct feedback, right? Like a measurement, an objective measurement. So you can say, oh, I'm doing better today, right? You know, us humans like games and we like to, you know, get better, to have improvement that we can measure by a number on a screen, you know? For whatever reason, we like that. Uh, So yeah, it's definitely, you know, for people who are listening, don't get, uh confused that this has to be very traditional and sort of like you know like becoming a monk like it's not that's not what we're talking about Mm -hmm. at all um there's so many access points right to to get connected to these things to use your devices use your computer and uh and really you know become more of a of a master of your mind and body i think that's for me that's sort of the direction a lot of this is going right it's it's in teaching us how to take control and understand this miraculous vessel that we've all, you know, come into on, uh, on the earth here.
1: Um, Exactly. Exactly. So what are, uh, can I ask, what are some other tools that you have used for pain prevention uh, besides meditation or breathing?
0: Yeah. So um, I mean, I love herbs of all kinds. Um, Definitely cannabis, has been a part of my journey for just becoming okay with the pain and softening into the pain. Um, and also for, um, you know, being able to move through things, um, and movement was another one that was coming up in terms of, you know, helping to correct posture and turn muscles on that have been asleep or, or rehabilitate through injuries of various sorts, you know, very slow, controlled, uh, mindful movement, you know, not just, going into the gym and banging a bunch of weights or or running on a treadmill or running on hard concrete, right? But uh, really slowing down, which for me is is more of the challenge, right? I want to go fast. I want to do it now. I want to, you know, um, lift heavy things and run and do all sorts of fun stuff, right? And that so that can be a challenge. Um, and, you know, there's definitely a an emotional component to that right and at at one point i started thinking oh you know am i am i like this weak like broken human you know am i going to be able to enjoy things like running again you know i i blew blew the meniscus in my knee a couple years ago and that was definitely part of it was was this uh you know having to really really dig into my own uh self-image right and it's like okay am I still useful if I can't run and do all these things, you know, because I had, I had uh, equated my, some of my, my value and my worth to being able to perform in a certain way. Um, so movement, uh, various herbs, uh, whether that CBD cannabis, um, you know, different things. I really like infrared light has been more recent. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm gonna
1: try and red yeah. light in general.
0: Yeah. Um, and then recently I've reconnected to just the power of topical magnesium Mm. as, as a first line and as just a daily self care, either, you know, before the shower or after the shower, uh, or doing a foot bath with magnesium, Mm. really, really relaxing and soothing for the feet, which I tend to get sort of achy feet sometimes. Um, yeah, those are a few of the things that I've used, um, that have worked, that have been, uh, been very effective oh and then also uh electro muscle stimulation oh cool um, and there's a cool system called new fit um, mm-hmm. which if you guys aren't familiar with and or if they aren't in europe yet there might be someone to talk to in regards to the upcoming summit um because they have a, a really cool system for essentially a, you know zapping your tissues and your muscles and turning things on uh, and then forcing you to to move through the range of motion that was giving you a challenge. And in the course of like 10 minutes, you're moving like as if there's no issue. Like it's it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Yeah, new fit. Um, I can connect you to Garrett. He's uh, one of the owners there.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check that out.
0: Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are a few of the things. I wonder what uh, for you, some of the maybe more high tech or fun or cutting edge things that you... (laughs) either experimented with or are wanting to experiment with? What might those be?
1: Yeah, uh, well, interestingly, I think the most important things for me are really not high-tech. Uh, so mm. they are really basics of, of everyday life, uh, for example, sleep. Well, I do mm. use Aura Ring for, for measuring my sleep, and that has provided me a massive insight into my own chronobiology and now I can see a clear link between if I don't follow my my biological clock um, in my sleeping schedules. So I've learned that I am a morning person. My I get all of my deep and REM sleep or most of it um, or most optimally REM and deep sleep if I go to bed around 10 and I wake up at six. And I always wake up without an alarm. Even if I go to bed at one, I will wake up at six. So I definitely need to go to bed at 10 and that will help me. I I can see a clear uh, link between not sleeping enough and being in more pain. Mm. And there are even, you know, there are a lot of studies that has shown that people who are sleep deprived experience more pain, more anxiety. There was even a theory that when you are sleep deprived, your body might develop pain and headache in order to make you sleep because pain normally causes sleepiness and fatigue and tiredness. So that could be one of the body's mechanisms to combat sleep deprivation, to kind of force you into bed which was really interesting for me to read because I can definitely experience that. Um, I have tracked my sleep in, in relation to my migraines and every day before or every time before I have a migraine or after a migraine, I sleep on average two hours more.
0: Mm. And I normally
1: sleep eight hours per night. So I can see there is like a 10 hours long night's, night sleep. Um, in in migraine days uh, or after a migraine so maybe there is there is some sort of link in that one so sleep is definitely definitely one important thing also also because migraine and pain is increased in or is linked to increased inflammation and during deep sleep your brain detoxifies that's the moment when your lymphatic system, which is a lymphatic system but in your brain, start, starts working and removing all the toxic waste from the brain. Uh, if you are deprived from deep sleep, you can see increased uh, beta amyloid and waste products in the cerebrospinal fluid. So, yeah, sleep, sleep is super important. And what comes to the inflammation? The other aspect, obviously, to be inflammation-free is the food that you put in your body. If you put toxins in your body, you do have increased inflammation because they do not belong to your body. So organic foods, uh, seasonal foods, um, non-GMO, well, that's uh, debatable, but just low-toxic foods. and. I can see that I'm really sensitive for foods that normally cause migraines to people. So they are normally those with uh, in high tyramine, uh, such as uh, red wine and cheese and dark chocolates, um, because there is I have a gene that makes my uh, monoamine oxidase less uh, less strong or it doesn't work that well. So it means that metabolizing those foods are not so not so easy for me and they can cause increased level of certain neurotransmitters that are uh, that cause pain or are linked to pain signaling so food for me also hydration super important um, if I'm dehydrated I always get a migraine and if I remember to drink fluids with good balance of salts and minerals it's just like you know it's uh, there is so direct link i can sometimes i don't even have to do anything else but just drink a glass of water and my headache Mm. is gone Mm, so that is one and then light optimization so just optimizing your living environment and working environment so one Important, really important thing for migraineurs is light. Um, almost all migraineurs are photophobic, so it means light sensitive because of our sensitive brain. So basically, the, the the sensory threshold for light signal is lower in migraineurs than in general population, and many times if you go out on a Bright sun, sunlight, you will get migraine because the brain is more sensitive and the, it reacts stronger to the light and it can increase the sensitivity in the brain and it reacts stronger again and then it reaches the migraine threshold. And when the migraine is on, when it's online, your brain becomes even more sensitive. And that's when migraines normally see the dark room and rest because they cannot stand any even even a like small beam of light coming into their eyes so remembering to use sunglasses <laughs> and then reducing the screen time and for some people light intensity as low as the one in a cloudy day can trigger a migraine for me i'm not that sensitive but Say if it's a day with bright sunlight, and I forget my sunglasses, it's current that I will have a migraine. And yeah, there is so many things in the environment that you can you can optimize in order to prevent migraine and prevent the pain. And I think they they are sort of together combined. They are a prophylaxis for your migraine. So it's definitely worth to optimize the environment. and also environmental pollutants, there is a clear link between um, increased pollutants in the air and frequency and intensity of headaches. Um, and if you can, so for example, uh, air purifiers are really good good tool for migraineurs in the office or at home, purifying the air or plants that purify the air like snake plants or something like that. So here we have, for example, the NAVA wall, which is a plant wall, you can see it here behind me. So they purify purify the air all the time. So that also reduces the amount of toxins you get into your system, the toxins that might otherwise cause inflammation And migraine pain and headaches are linked to increased inflammation and the inability to sort of fight against the inflammation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great summary of, you know, so many of the things that, um, you know, if they're good for the brain, they tend to be good for the body and vice versa. And so when we build our lives in a way that, you know, allows those things to be uh, present it makes things so much easier and as you're talking about you know pollutants and scents I know for me uh, and my mom the same if I want to guarantee a headache all I have to do is either walk through like the perfume section of a store right Um, or like the cleaning section of a store and just breathe in some of those fumes and it's like instantly you know my body is saying this is not a good place to be um, yeah,
1: so nature exposure is, is one good tool as well. Just spending a lot of time in the nature. Mm-hmm. Go, go out to the woods whenever you can.
0: <laughs> yeah, when I even had a thought, um, again, to go in line with all these things, right? Grounding, being barefoot, um, and even, I mean, I could imagine, and I've been there myself at a couple times, um, either from a really intense workout or after a sweat lodge, um, of literally just like putting my face onto the, the, like a, like a damp grass or onto like a, like a moist dirt and the sensation of relief and cooling, um, that comes through with something like that, uh, is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, if there's people around, they're probably going to look at you funny, uh, or they might, if you're at a festival of some sort, then they might join you um, and yeah. <laughs> then, then you know, you're around, you know, quality people who are on the same wavelength. but. um yeah, so many things, so many things that can be integrative, natural, free, low tech, um, and that can you know, help to optimize all of these ingredients so that the migraines yeah. and, or pain of any kind isn't, you know, it's not uh, your destiny necessarily. I think a lot of times people give up and they, um, you know, different than the kind of acceptance that we described earlier. Which to me is more of a surrender, right? It's almost surrendering to what is, but it's not like a passive. It's not like, okay, I'm a victim, you know, I'm giving up, you know, I'm always gonna have pain. It's more of like, okay, this is where I'm at, this is what's going on, and I have the choice to do something different, right? So, maintaining that level of choice and awareness at all times that, you know, even if things don't feel great right now, you still have a choice and you could still. Uh, move in a certain direction
1: right right and one thing that I find really curious in pain is that when I shifted my mindset into from from wanting to get rid of the pain to accepting it I also started to see all the opportunities that I can do with the pain so for example I took my gene test because I was really curious about well Gene tests are in generally like interesting to me. Um, I started immediately uh, checking my genes in relation to migraine, so it's almost like a tool. And then I noticed that okay, I have genetically lower vitamin D levels. What happens if I start eating more vitamin D, and then make it an experiment? And I measured my vitamin D levels, and actually turns out that I I had I had really low vitamin D levels, and I started using that as a tool, uh, vitamin D as a tool to see if it, if it has any links to my migraine. And you make yourself, a, you know, a object for uh, for testing. You you use your body and your pain to test, and that's when your whole mindset shifts into that you are starting to see the opportunities in the pain or for for instance um, uh, I noticed that my body converts uh, ALAs uh, so so basically the fats that you get from plant-based products really badly into DHA and EPA so I'm thinking might that because DHA and EPA are super important for for brain health, and um, they lower to inflammation, and they can also lower levels of uh, DHA and EPA that you get from omega-3 fatty acids are are linked to more pain signaling. So I'm thinking, okay, let's see what happens to my migraine if I change some of my plant-based oils that I use. To vegetable oils like, and uh, sorry to animal based oils like fish oil and will that reduce my pain and I become really curious of just testing also I do this with my sleep and everything that I can test and that's when you can make your pain as a tool to learn something new about human biology mm-hmm. and obviously it's not always easy like for example, cluster headaches can be super dist- distressing and it is really painful. But I have the option of trying to find something good out of my pain. You know, this sort of stoistic attitude, you know, obstacle is the way. Mm-hmm. Take your Take your pain and see what can you learn from it. How can you use that if it's there, if it's already there, and if you Mm -hmm. have to live with it? And maybe one day I will find the ultimate tool that, you know, helps me to get rid of the pain completely. Uh, But until 10, I'm going to try and see how can I even a little bit enjoy of having the pain. Mm Mm-hmm if that makes sense.
0: (laughs) It certainly makes sense to me. And uh, I mean, I have been described as a bit of a, would it be a masochist, someone who enjoys inflicting pain on themselves. Uh Um, And I think a lot of people, you know, the the boundary between pain and pleasure can be very thin at certain times and in certain experiences with certain, you know, whatever it is, massage or, or working out or Picking up a mountain, you know, your legs are burning so much, but there's an exhilaration and a euphoria associated with it. So, it's all it's all on this, you know, very beautiful spectrum. I think of human experience, and so much of that beauty is determined by us, right? Yeah, um, exactly. And exactly. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you if you have any favorite supplements. Or herbal tinctures, or you know things like that that you keep around that you find really useful, or that research has indicated as being uh, potentially useful for these kinds of things.
1: Oh yes, there are plenty. Uh, I do. I, I use a lot of supplements and herbs, and I I love using them because I have seen I have gotten help from so many of the herbs and adaptogens. So, firstly, ashwagandha is really really useful basically everything that lowers the inflammation or has anti-stress abilities those one that increases the GABA signaling in the brain um but yeah ashwagandha is one and that is even studies studied in chronic pain patients and it has shown to offer some reduction from the pain Um, And it has also been shown to reduce anxiety and depression. Mm. So there is something that increases the the GABA signaling in the brain. And it's a powerful antioxidant. So it can fight against the free radicals in the body and just lower, lower inflammation. And medicinal mushrooms. Reishi, for example, chaga, they have a lot of polysaccharides and other antioxidants that also protect the body. And reishi also can relieve or um, relax the body. Mm. Um, Ashwakandha, I'm just going back to Ashwakandha (laughs) quickly. I normally take it every time I feel pain, but I also eat that on a daily basis. Mm, But I've taken extra 500 milligrams if I'm getting migraine. Um, When do you
0: find a better like tincture versus like a organic root powder versus like a capsule? Is there any? Have you noticed any variability there, or is there a particular brand that you found to be really really effective?
1: Well, I've tried powder and it tastes disgusting, <laughs> yeah. pure powder, yep. so capsule is the only thing that I can eat, you know, <laughs> that I can bear the taste.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you want to ruin a smoothie, throw a bunch of ashwagandha powder into it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there before and it's not nice. Yeah.
1: Oh, me, me too, me too. And I think I actually still have one bag because I wanted to try ashwagandha, I didn't remember that it tasted horrible so i bought last summer an ashwagandha bag and i still have i think i've used the one spoonful to ruin my smoothie (laughs) and i realized oh yeah this is why i didn't buy the powder um but yeah herbs and adaptogens so mushrooms medicinal mushrooms they are really good chaka i use a lot and then reishi uh then I use tryptophan sometimes as a supplement, especially when I have... So that's the precursor of 5-HD, which converts into serotonin in the brain. And when I have a lot of pain, it distresses the body and the mind. So then I just take extra dose of tryptophan. Uh, But there are some controversies in the... In the serotonin in relation to migraine, so I cannot really say that would be useful or even good for every everyone. Um, and then L-theanine is one that definitely reduces the pain. So L-theanine is a molecule found in tea, and it has shown to increase the alpha levels, alpha waves in the brain. So basically, that relaxes the brain. And I think that just offers a smooth state of mind. Mm. So when you get more more alpha waves, it means you you relax more. Alpha waves are linked to meditative stages or the stage when you are about to fall asleep, for example. So it makes you really calm. Uh, CBD, CBD oil. I find that really useful and there are, there are uh, studies with that in relation to migraine and pain in general, chronic pain, because that increases the, the activity or targets the en- endocannabinoid system, which is the system that activates when we are experiencing the pain. And in migraineurs, often time this system is malfunctioning. It's not working as it should be. So that you can use that to target the system. And then I would add a ketogenic diet or high-fat, low-carb diet, which has been used, for example, in treatment of epileptic uh, patients. And for epilepsy that has been used for 80 years or so, and it has been really useful in reducing epileptic seizures, migraines often resemble epilepsy. Mm -hmm. And... In migraines, many times, some of the prophylaxis, the preventive medicines that are prescribed to migraine, they are actually meant for epilepsy. But because there is not mm. single prophylaxis for migraine because we don't know the, the reason for migraine. And there are so many different types. So there is uh, different types that they are trying.
0: Yeah, a bit of off-label use. Of various medications,
1: right? Yeah, or they actually they prescribe that in the in the doctor. So that's one of the main medicines used for migraines. And then I use um, Coenzyme Q10. Uh, that is linked to migraines and often recommended by doctors because it basically is linked to to signaling or something called calcitocin, gene-related peptide, and it's the inhibitor of that. So that's an inflammation protein or inflammation marker in the, in the, in the blood. And also TNF-alpha, another inflammation marker, and they are often increased in, in headaches, migraines. Um, they might be even one of the reasons that a person has migraines. So if you have... There are some studies showing that some of the genes... If they are not functioning properly, there are increased um, calcitonin gene-related peptide uh, and TNF-alpha markers in blood. So that has shown to inhibit those. Mm. Uh, yeah, so coenzyme gluten, that has been really useful. I love magnesium and I use a lot of like anti-inflammatory fl- foods like blueberries, turmeric, turmeric. Yeah, everything with high ORAC number and anti-inflammation properties.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we could certainly talk for a long time. We've been going for a while here. So I'm gonna ask you a couple more questions and then we'll wrap up and and direct people who wanna follow along and learn more about you and what's going on. Um, But One question I'd love to ask is, you know, what might be three resources that books, other podcasts, um, authors, workshops, whatever it might be. It could be something you've already mentioned. But for someone who's been listening, who is like, you know, really interested in this or is dealing with something like this, three resources uh, that you might offer for them to dive deeper and continue learning.
1: So if you want to learn about migraine, there is a great, great podcast called To Migraine Guy." And if you just Google the migraine guy, you will find his his podcast and his YouTube channel. And he, yeah, that, that's definitely one of the resources. Um, the second one, I would just say PubMed and, you know, researching. And then thirdly, if you want to learn more about meditation, I think that's one of the major tools that has helped me, and I always recommend meditation. There are books from John, John Kabat-Zinn, for example, who has developed the mindfulness-based uh, pain reduction program of eight weeks. I would look into that one, or the book of Richard Davidson, um, Altered Traits. Um, And if you want to try meditation in practice, you can go to YouTube and type meditation there and Mm. learn about those. But I also write a lot about these things in my own blog, Mm. at my webpage. So you can also just search from there.
0: Yeah. And what um, would be your website, indoor social media, any places you'd direct people towards that want to follow along and, keep up with Inca.
1: Yeah. So if you want to learn more about migraines and biohacking and pain prevention and meditation, you can go to my webpage where I write articles about them. So it's www.InkaImmonen.com. And then my Instagram is at Inka my first name and my last name. And those are the main social channels that I at the moment update you can always send me an email and let me know about you or send me a dm in instagram i always love to hear about experiences what people have with migraines their pain with meditation with biohacking and health because i love this space and i always love to hear from your your experiences as well thanks thank you for sharing me with your experiences as well and um, then obviously if you want to learn more about biohacking we are organizing another biohacker summit so biohacker summit is the official biohacking conference which uh, which deals with using biological technological and natural tools in order to optimize your health and well-being into daily life so you can learn about biological testing. You can learn about how to improve your sleep, what sort of nutrition to eat for most balanced body and mind. And there is a really cool immersive exhibition and there are side events and we always have a sauna there and cold uh, bath and everything. It's, it's a one of a kind event and it's uh, organized in second and third uh, 1st and 2nd of November this year in Helsinki, Finland. And it's also going to be our five-year anniversary event. So it's going to be super. It's going to be really, really cool.
0: Okay. Wow. Yes. And for those listening, uh, me and Inka met at the Toronto edition um, of one of these events uh, last fall in 2018. And it was certainly a fantastic experience. And I can only imagine how much better it will be on uh, your guys' home territory uh, with all the good things that the awesome land and country of Finland has to offer for those. Well, that I
1: definitely to. hope you can join this time as well.
0: Yes. No, I'm holding a strong intention to make it across. <laughs> I've never been to Europe, uh, so it's another excuse to, to make a trip out of it. Um, and uh, yeah, I know it's going to be just a fantastic time. Um, and so for everyone, that would be
1: a really cool first experience in Europe. It's going to be, Finland is going to be full oh, yeah. of snow. It's going to be really cold and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wonderful, wonderful. Uh, so for everyone listening, you can find show notes to what we've talked about, links to Inca's website and Instagram, uh, to the upcoming Biohacker Summit. All that will be over at the blog, which is brianhardy.ca forward slash Inka, I-N-K-A. You'll find everything we've chatted about. And just before we wrap up, Inka, I would like to take a a moment to just acknowledge you for being, you know, the woman you are and the teacher that you are and for having, you know, the courage and the uh, optimism and persistence to, you know, keep moving forward in the face of pain or in the face of challenges uh, and to just have this, you know, very curious and, uh, adventure spirit that I see come through for you uh, whether you're traveling someplace beautiful or studying you know neuroscience or helping to run a biohacker summit in some location you know it's just uh it's very cool to see and very inspiring I'm sure not just for myself but for you know those who are following along from afar um, so thank you for being you
1: well thank you so much Brian that means a lot to me makes me really happy of hearing those words thank you
0: my pleasure and for everyone listening I hope you've enjoyed this episode you can catch us at the next episode shortly here and uh yeah reach out if you've been struggling with pain migraines you know any of these chronic sort of conditions or feeling uh you know like like you don't have the tools to move forward or to to deal with or to adapt to the stresses of your life, then definitely reach out, try something new, open up to what's available for you, and, uh, and be in touch with either one of us through social media. We'd be happy to engage and to offer any support that we can. Okay, Inka, thank you so much. We'll catch you soon. And for everyone listening, have a beautiful and healthy week and keep redefining reality. Ciao for now. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, for supporting this vision, and for supporting my work. If you want to do that, you can go and click the links that I generate in the show notes for each episode and visit the affiliates that I work alongside, or book yourself a consult to Work 101, any and all of those things go a long way to supporting my work, supporting this podcast, and supporting the continued research and development of this kind of content. So I thank you for that. Have a glorious, beautiful day, and I'll catch you next time.